Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today I'm joined by Phoenix Film Festival director Jason Carney. The festival will run from March 23rd through April 2nd. Big thanks to Bookman's for sponsoring this episode, and to Fort Worth for letting us use their song at the end. If you'd like to connect with the show, the best place to find us online is at followingfilms.com, or you can connect with us on Twitter by following at followingfilms. Please leave us a review and follow the show on Spotify. It really does help. You can also support the podcast by going to anchor.fm slash followingfilms slash support. For more information about the Phoenix Film Festival, including the full lineup and to purchase passes, go to phoenixfilmfestival.com. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Jason. Hey, what's happening? How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. You? Good, good. Doing really good. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this today, man. I really no appreciate problem. it. No problem. Just trying to zero in here. You got to. Uh, this, uh, I really do appreciate you taking the time because I'm sure you're just in the thick of it right now with everything. Yeah, it's that kind of time for sure. <laughs> so, how are things going with that? Looks like this is a hell of a lineup you got this year for the Phoenix Film Festival. Yeah, it just keeps uh, the, and it just keeps going and keeps growing. And uh, uh, we've added uh, a few more titles over the weekend. Uh, we're just working to expand all the information out on the website for those titles. Like, Literally, there are people now working on putting information on our uh, on our schedule on our website, so we can uh, have those details there, and uh, maybe a couple more surprises here added in the next few days. So oh, that's great. Um, yeah, so it's great. But I mean, we've already got a great lineup. Like I could totally rest, well, except for closing night, I could rest and feel good about it. But we saw that one spot there. But otherwise, uh, we're full. We're good to go. We just got a ton of work to do to get ready. But uh, lineup is fantastic. So, do you have a underlying philosophy around curating a uh a festival because it almost at times it feels like building like a perfect mixtape in a way it's like it's like putting together a mood you want to start out really strong but you don't want to overdo it you kind of have to set the right tone for it but then you also want to have this really eclectic mix of films and you kind of saw these different notes you need to hit throughout but if you really kind of lean one to one way or the other it could be too down it could be too um you know, it could be too preachy. It could be too genre. You could lean into two, and you do all those things. You touch on sociopolitical films. You touch on genre stuff. You touch on really basic, simple human adult films as well. And you do international stuff. You kind of do uh, my favorite types of festivals uh, represent the ones that represent me as an, as a, you know, film consumer. I take in everything. So can you talk about that, your personal philosophy around it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's, uh, you know, it's definitely, um, you know, it, it just kind of comes about naturally based on um, the team we've built uh, because a lot of festivals, they'll have like a program director who like oversees yeah. this whole thing and they're going to like dictate ultimately what films play. And, and my philosophy is totally different. I want to go in, I want nothing to do with programming our competition films because, <laughs> uh, you know, that's what the programmer's for. You know what I yeah. mean? The program, you know, we have a committee that helps narrow it down and we get it down to, you know, uh, you know, we cut it in half, at least maybe even more than a half. So the programmers are basically seeing the program directors are seeing the best of the best in their category. And they're going to watch that whole best of the best. And they're the gatekeepers. They're the deciders. And, you know, each category has its own programmer. And each of them are, boy, totally different people. There are not, uh, there are not two, there's like, like maybe like two people on the whole like <laughs> dozen, 15 programmers that I feel like they could be similar, but at the same time, they also have 
like demographically they're similar, but other than yeah. that, like their taste is totally different. And so that's how we end up like programming all these uh, competitive categories is, you know, just this team. And in terms of like our showcase and our centerpiece films, like our showcase films, I'm getting feedback from about three or four different people. Um, just letting, you know, it's basically, Hey, watch this film. Is it good or not? Quick summary. Let me know. And then like, I'll have two or three, like there's films that like, I might have one person watch and they hate it. One person that like, you know, that liked it, but based on what they liked about it, like we program it because, uh, you know, it wasn't maybe just not for that other person. And so when we get to that level and the centerpiece films, it's really, you know, we work with um, like a bunch of different studios and, and try to get the best films we can out there. And there is some like trying to figure out, okay, what's going to go here. What's going to go there. You want to open with something that feels nice. that feels good. That makes people excited about, about the festival. You don't want to go like, uh, you know, we have gone dark a couple times on opening night, but uh, you know, I feel like this year we've, we've got a really nice film. And I mean that like, like a really high level compliment, you know, it's, it's good to have a film, you know, it's directed by Ray Romano somewhere in yeah. Queens. He's in it and he's just I'm excited like, for this one. It looks he's great. just like such a good, natural, dramatic actor. You know what you're getting, but he's good at it. You know what I mean? He's not just, um, you know, there's some stuff that he does. that naturally just comes out comically, but there's more of that challenge of being dramatic that he just pulls off splendidly. And there's a lot of like father and son thing between, you know, his father and him and his, you know, and his own young boy and with his wife and that challenges that, you know, everybody has in their lives that, that he's dealing with. And so it's really good and it's, uh, you know, light and dramatic. So it's just a nice, uh, just a really good way to start our film and our festival in particular. Well, I think we've had enough darkness for the last couple of years oh to carry my God. us over. So. There's still plenty. I still got plenty in this lineup. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but uh, but it is nice to have some of those, uh, some uh, feel-good-ish stuff in some key spots. So. Well, it's, it, yeah. it reminds me, and I haven't seen the film yet, but I'm really looking forward to seeing it. But like, it reminds me of something that in the 90s when I first started going to film festivals. It was a lot of stuff like this, these little small family character pieces like this that you would see were kind of what dominated a lot of festival circuit films. And it was these that what became the mid budget movies of the, you know, nineties and early two thousands that we really just don't, we don't see outside of the festival circuit anymore. And I love this right. stuff. It feels like the, you know, the old school days of, you know, what searchlight used to make Fox, Search yeah. Films, Fox yeah. searchlight. And they've kind of gotten away from that a few years and now they're owned by Disney and they're, and they're still doing good, good stuff, but it's a sure. little, you know, a little higher level, a lot more money in stake, a lot more money involved. But it is that kind of stuff. And, the, you know, there were a few other studios that came and went during that time. It kind of feels that, yeah, it does definitely have that feel of just like, like if, if you're like a, like a college basketball fan, it's like a mid-major. One of those mid-major teams yeah. that you love to root for and stuff. And, you know, it's that kind of feel. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. And it, And it's just... The thing I love about something like this, you can put that and have it stand right next to all these other films that you would normally not see them being compared to and thought of in the same breath. And that's what's so wonderful about, you know, going to a film festival like this, where you can see two, three, four of these in a day and have wildly different experiences and really just put together an amazing, you know, couple days by doing this and following it through. Are there outside of this one, are there any other ones that you would like to highlight that are just kind of the don't misses of the festival so far? There's a film. Um, oh, now I'm totally blanking on the title. I'm going to cheat. And I'm going to look here on the <laughs> well, old the, internet. The, the fact so. that you didn't already have it open. I mean, I know oh, you're being honest no, about really, it. It was impressive. I, I, I try to be better than this, but uh, yet, <laughs> yet here I am. Um, it's called Nowhere Special. 
It's a real okay. small movie, um, kind of. It's out of the UK. Um, it's uh, about a guy, you know, uh, and I and I watched this trailer without reading the synopsis, and uh, which was a big mistake for me. Um, uh, you know, it's uh, about a uh, you know a guy who's like in his thirties. He's a window cleaner, and he's a. I think it's based. Uh, I think it's set in the UK, I believe. Um, but it's um, uh, he's uh, talking to people for his son. Um, because his wife, their the mother has left, and it's just the two of them. And this guy, played by um, um, actor, oh man, he's he's really good, James Norton. Uh, James oh, Norton, he's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's amazing, and uh, he finds out he's dying, and so he's got to interview potential families for his son. And over the course of it, he's also realizing he has to draw grow closer to his son to understand his son and realize, you know, this is, he wants to get him in the right place. And, and, uh, now, and watching like, I have a, I have an almost four year old. So like watch that trailer and I'm just done. done. I'm a mess. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere near this movie, but everybody, but this movie is getting great reviews. People that watched it, loved it on our team. And, and I just wanted to do good things. It's not in, you know, it's not in the sexiest of time slots, but I've gotten in some really good time slots, and you know, and it's a it's a film that I, that I feel like is kind of sneaky that uh, that I want people to see. And another movie called Kindling, which is in one of our like uh, you know generally in our centerpiece spots, I have like you know studio films, focus sure. features, A twenty four, etc. And this one is an independent film called Kindling, um, another film from the UK um, about um, this young man. He's probably I think uh, like late teens, early twenties, and he finds out he's dying, and he brings his friends together so they can you know, hang together. He goes home and they all get this time together and there's a lot of things going on, but it's a really well done. It's like one of those films, like one of those mid-major films that, you know, in another era would have a better shot at, uh, you know, hitting studio or, you know, hitting uh, some theaters here and there. Um, and so those are a couple of like those type of films. And I think, you know, we've got, uh, um, you know, some bigger films. We've got this uh, documentary about Judy Bloom. Um, Judy Bloom oh, Forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I saw that that was there. That's great. Yeah, yeah. it's coming. It's uh, it's coming from Amazon, and I got to see it. Um, and it's just like I watched it, and I was like, "Man, is this documentary great, or is it just because she's great?" And I'm pretty sure it's both. You know what I mean? You just won't like find a, a more sincere person and yeah. giving person that she has. Like the fact that she has like like these kids would write her, and she would write back. I know. Like. For decades, like that's insane to me, and yep. like it's so great, and and getting to hear these, getting to hear interviews from these people as well as her, it's just great. It's just like one of the like I've had enough darkness as well. I want to feel happy for ninety minutes uh, ish and uh, feel good about that. And so you know, I think we have some good documentaries that really fall along that line this year. It just happened to be like, okay, here's all these big documentaries about big people all at once this year. It's interesting. Well, I think that it's, um, and there's certain people, people, I'm 46. So to people of my generation, I, I think that that's just that absolute sweet spot. If you're somewhere probably between 35 and 55 in that range somewhere, if you don't know Judy Bloom's work, you you knew it through the ether. It was just there. It was impossible yeah. to get around it. And ne I never heard a bad word about her. And the fact anybody that can introduce kids to writing and quality writing and to the themes that she was tackling and just it's such an important, I, I think the type of writer that doesn't get enough credit in our society. For sure. 
because they're the the ones that hook you early on are the ones that create lifelong readers, and that's such an important thing. So, um, right, and she like uh, like she exposed like younger you know preteens and teens to stuff that we weren't hearing about. I'm 51, so yep. like so like stuff we weren't hearing about like in the mainstream at all. Like compared to now, it's a whole different beast. But I mean, like yeah. like if I hadn't, I know this is gonna sound weird but like i knew so much more for like i read are you there guys me margaret yeah this is those special glasses those girls are going to and now i think like it made me probably a better person i think a little bit more having some understanding and it didn't make that like that adversarial like kind of thing like you started like it 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 made you like you felt like you'd read about not only like tales of fourth grade nothing but you could read margaret and still feel that same thing like reading from a, a young boy's perspective and a young uh, a young woman's perspective as well so i think that's really great and it shows in that documentary by the just the the fan she has and my friend he writes uh ya literature and he's been doing it for for quite a bit and like he's just her biggest fan so um uh yeah well they've, they've motivated writers too which is awesome it feels like at that point in time that it's there's a cynicism in some YA authors that it feels like a, okay, I'm going to write this because this I can get published. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make a horror film because I know they'll buy the horror film. It's, and you can, you can feel that you can feel when there's not a love of the genre that someone's working in. And I think that at that time, yes, there were several YA authors that were very successful, but it feels like the ones that were doing it, they absolutely, their heart was there and they wouldn't have written anything else if they would have had the choice. Right. And it's true. And you got to have like a certain voice and you have a certain like uh, ability to not talk down to them, to talk to them and and be willing to embrace the fact that like my friend, he writes, go write a book. And, you know, there's a party and kids are drinking at a party. That's what teenagers do. Yeah. And as soon as you can get over that, the more you can understand that these kids should be reading books like that because that's what they're going through. And let's not like try to just, uh, you know, soften it up. Let's give them something real to read and something and characters they can sympathize with and understand and hopefully that will make them feel better about themselves that there's kids that are going through the same stuff well kids need to read stories about kids in peril and they can actually handle it much better than we can you mentioned you know the reaction to having a four-year-old son that kind of thing i have a seven and a 12 year old so i get it i read or see any art that involves a kid dying or something like that and i know that i shut down that there's a part of me that uh, I, I've gotten much better at it now, but you know, I think of the first time that I saw Antichrist, I, I just couldn't handle the opening of that movie, and it goes much worse than that. But that opening, right. it was just I couldn't get my. I was like, no, I'm not in a place where I can watch this in any judgment, like in a non-judgment. I will not accept this for what it is. It's just it's hitting too close. I can't do it. And Ten years ago, no problem. Today's episode of the Following Films Podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. This week, I went into Bookman's and I was looking for a film, something that reminded me of a film festival, be it a film that got its start in a film festival or something that was perhaps about the experience of going to a film festival. I went over and looked through the 4K discs and the Blu-rays and the DVDs. Nothing was really jumping out immediately. So I went over to the box set section and I came across Ingmar Bergman's cinema. If you're not familiar, Bergman was a master storyteller who startled the world with his stark intensity and naked pursuit of the most profound metaphysical and spiritual questions. The struggles of faith and morality, the nature of dreams, and the agonies and ecstasies of human relationships. 
Bergman explored all of these subjects in films ranging from comedies, whose lightness and complexity belie their brooding hearts to groundbreaking formal experiments and excruciatingly intimate explorations of family life. Arranged as a film festival, with opening and closing nights, bookending double features and centerpieces, this selection spans six decades and 39 films, including such celebrated classics as The Seventh Seal, Persona, and Fanny and Alexander, alongside previously unavailable works like Dreams, The Right, and Brink of Life. It's also accompanied by a 248-page book with essays on each film. This particular box set has been something of a white whale for my collection, something I've had my eye on for years, and I've just never felt the need to pull the trigger on it. But then I walked into Bookman's and there it was. And the price was so incredibly reasonable, I had to pick it up. This is something that I've been wanting to dive into for a long time because with uh, Bergman's filmography, I have a lot of blind spots and I'm really excited to dive in and um, learn more about his work because every time I've gone and watched one of his films, I'm always struck by how his work has been so influential that you can go back and look at these films and you'll see images or themes or just these kind of ideas that he brings up or that he executes in a way that have had just this profound impact on filmmaking. And you start to see, I guess, what feel like tropes later on, but this is the source. This is where they came from. And it's just really fun to go back and uh, dive into this work. And so I'm really excited to start going and seeing some of these films that I've never seen before. And so was able to get this at Bookman's and you should go to Bookman's too and see what you might uncover. Remember Bookman's has your cool covered. Enjoy the show. Oh, as a, te- I mean? as a teenager, I would have eaten that up. I would have been yeah, like, I would have like so much sympathy. I would have been totally fine. Don't get me wrong. It would have messed with me a bit, but of course like now forget it. You know what I mean? I'm just not there yet, but, but I can respect like what they're doing. And like, like you could just tell you, know, you see the quality there and, and stuff. And so they're doing it right. You think that's the big deal. Absolutely. And it's just, but those, those stories that are so important for kids to have that, to have their voice to be, you know, they're not, they're not being talked to from an outsider. They're not being talked down to that. They are somebody that understands them. That's swearing the way that they swear. They're making culture references that they make there. There's kids drinking, kids making mistakes, and hopefully they're learning something there and they're, but not everything's wrapped up in a neat bow for them. There's something there for them to think on and chew on for a little bit. Right. Let's stop trying to let's stop trying to to think that uh, you know sixteen year old kids aren't saying fuck. Like, Jesus Christ, they're saying it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, there's people that are like, oh, these kids aren't cursing. They're cursing. They're just not cursing in front of you. So get over it. You know. Exactly. Exactly. So then, when will you have the festival completely locked in? When will be the when we have the schedule done, I think in the next like two days, I think by oh, Wednesday wow. or Thursday, we're going to be completely done. Like, I think we have like um, closing night and I think we have like two or three horror and sci-fi late night spots left. And I think that's completely it. Then we're done. Like, I'm, is- gonna, I'm, I'm plugging in another film. I had to kind of, I'm creating a spot. So we'll see how that goes just because I got a couple of really interesting titles that got thrown at me today. Your, well, your horror selections this year are actually really strong. I was going to say that I'm, I'm a genre guy. I love that stuff. And I was, there's some stuff here that looks really interesting that I haven't seen in other places yet. So I'm actually really excited for it. 
Yeah, Monty's got a few more, and I think like the titles we added over the weekend, most of them were like showcase horror and okay. sci-fi coming from distributors and all those details that go up. But there's a, it's a really strong, you know, getting films from like IFC, um, Epic Pictures, um, I forget who else, Dark Stars, giving us some films, and Great. and we got uh, you know, we got this really cool film um, that we haven't. I don't. I think it's up there. It might not be up there. It's called From Dark. It's coming oh, from uh, Shutter. Yeah. Yeah, 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 from Dark. I just got the uh, press release about that. Oh, yeah, earlier. it just came out today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Anna they, Camp in it. Yes, um, yes. Thomas Marchese, the director, he had a documentary in our festival like five or six years ago about uh, um, uh, called Fallen, about mm-hmm. uh, like police officer injuries. Yep. Like he was a police officer that got stabbed in the light of duty, but he always made short films before that. And this is his first feature. And he reached out to me like a couple weeks ago and he's like, Hey, I think I can get you guys approved for a screening. Do you want to do it? And I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. <laughs> like, ah, I trust you. You're a good guy. You know, our friend is like, and that's part of like the trust. He knows we'll take good care of his film. And we know his film's not going to be garbage because it's him. He's like, I'll send you the trailer and the and the, the screening link. And I watched the trailer and I was like, all right, well, now I'll have somebody who's not afraid of horror movies. Watch the, uh, watch the screener because <laughs> that did enough for me. But, you know, he's really just like, he personally like, and, and he's not, he doesn't have any reason to talk stuff up to me, but he, he's just, he says, Anna Camp is just amazing in this movie. Um, you know, he wishes he was directing her in a, a drama rather than a horror because like it would have gotten so much more attention for her performance wise. Like she's that good in this movie, he says. So, um, so I think that's worth, uh, worth looking at. And, and, and uh, you know, uh, I'm pretty excited. We were able to lock that up uh, for that uh, first Saturday. Well, that's that's so exciting because I just the I read about that this morning because the release date, it was like moved to April 18th or something. There was something that I got. There was a notice about that. And so it came back up on my radar and I'm like, man, this looks really good. This looks really interesting. So now I get to see it up in Phoenix next month. So that makes me really happy that I'll be able to check that one out. So that's yeah, Monty, who does the uh, horror and sci fi film festival, the festival director, he really enjoyed it. He thought it was really good. And, and, you know, and even the competitive stuff, you know, Brandon. Um, does the horror features and and that Danny does a set horror shorts. They're just man, these guys know horror in and out. And Mike Stackpole who does sci-fi, sci-fi. That guy has been with us, gee, since we started that festival in 2005. And that guy writes, uh, he writes like uh, Star Wars novels. Like he's done a oh, bunch wow. of those over the years, and he knows his sci-fi in and out. So we've got like they these these are not my genres. So we make sure we have like the best people programming them because that's what they do and. You know that's all right. That's that's the idea. We're not we're not programming stuff for for this fifty year old white guy. We're programming it for everybody else. So. But then, if you have people like me who have a really eclectic taste, that my love of genre movies got me going to the small revival house theater that was playing Romero next to Kurosawa. That you know when I was going to see stuff. So in my mind, I always think they're one and the same. That art house and genre like grindhouse stuff are they? There's no there's no lack of equivalency there. I feel I judge them in the same way and appreciate them in the same way. So, you know, like at your festival, I got to see something like Bernard Mihui, which is one of my favorite festival oh, films I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah. Like, and Man, so, Jim Rash is great in that movie. He's so damn good in that movie. And yeah. And Dan Mervish is just, he's one of those directors that I've been following since then. I've had a chance to interview him a couple of times, love chatting with him. And were you just, here last year? Did you see uh 18 and a half? Yeah. No, I wasn't there for um that particular festival screening of it but we ended up doing something for i think it was lighthouse another festival that it was playing at and we ended up doing it as a part of that but yes yes and uh i loved that movie too actually i, I think i 
enjoyed that one more than Bernard and Huey because it's just such an interesting departure. But yeah, yeah, Jim, I, Jim Rash and Bernard and Huey. Not enough people know that one. Such a great. No, no, album. not at all. Yeah, and, and Dan's such a sweet guy too. I just love him. Yeah, like uh, sure. I hope he just keeps making movies. We'll show him every time. Unless oh. he makes a clunker, well then, then he's in trouble. That's up to him, you know. We'll show all of his films if they're good. That's part of our deal, our alumni. Like, we'll show your film again, but it better be good. And so, uh, and sometimes, you know, it, it happens where they just they come back and the next one's not as good, or you know, we've got to maybe show it out of competition or something like that, or we just don't show it because it's not there. It's hard as hell to do that, but you know what I mean. Like, it has to be. That's that's why they love our festival, you know, because we're sincere, we're straight up front, you know. We're, you're gonna your movie's got to be good to get in our festival, and that's it. Like I don't care if you're my brother, especially if you were my brother. Well, I don't have a brother, but you know what I mean. Like uh, yeah. you've got to have a good movie to get into our festival. Well, and I think that's what becomes so much uh, so much more appealing about a festival like that because you have those spotlight ones, those ones that you know you need to go see that are just they're on your radar. You would see them anyway. But then there's that something that's playing in between and you can just go, well, there's this one movie that fills that spot that I don't have something going for. I've never heard of it. I don't need to see a trailer. I'll go sit down. I'll check it out. And you can just walk in and watch it. And that's such a good feeling because some of my favorite experiences have been walking in, sitting down and not knowing what I was going to watch. And I'm glad that there's a festival like this in my backyard that is putting out this high quality of stuff every year. So thank you for doing that. man. Oh yeah. It's man. I love it. It's, it's so good. It's exhausting. Sometimes maybe I don't always love it, but deep down I do. Um, but uh, there's a crazy movie called hundreds of beavers that we're showing. Um, I, you should, I don't know this one. Okay. You shouldn't, you should not know it. You should go in completely blank. Maybe you can read the synopsis, but don't watch no. a trailer. No, no, if no. I, a trailer out there. You need to go in like just basically knowing like have the read the synopsis. That's a good place to start because now you you kind of set the the table. But then after that, go blank and just watch it. It's insane. Honestly, that title has so much potential in my mind that I just want to go. I, I want to go. I don't even need a synopsis or a poster on that. <laughs> Hundreds of beavers, and it's a must watch from anybody. Okay. Am I going to end up with a documentary or am I going to end up with some crazy exploitation film? I, I, it could be so many different things. I'm on board. I'm, I'm so yeah, their synopsis is on, on spot, but will not prepare you for exactly what you're going to see over 110 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's ridiculous. It won't be for everybody, but it's ridiculous and it's so damn fun. So, okay. I'm in. I, I got kind of, I know we're about out of time here, but I did have one last question, which is oh, sure. not every movie works for me like everybody so do you have those times when you're like man this thing isn't working i trust this filmmaker but it's just i'm not getting my head around this one and it's kind of a head scratcher and then you show it to other people and they're all on board and you're like i i just don't get it are there ones that you just don't connect with that seem to work for everybody else totally happens all the time (laughs) even with this festival i will not like there will be movies in this festival that i don't like and i don't care for you know what i mean but that's okay but that doesn't mean they're not good Right. Which is not for me. And that's that's like the story of movies. Like I can yes. I, I'm at the point in my life where I can say, I don't like this movie, but that doesn't mean it's not good. You yeah. know, I think you get to the like it's okay that like this movie could be good that I like it's not for me. But that doesn't mean there's like nine out of ten people won't love it. Or you know what I mean? It's like uh like the same thing with horror and sci-fi. That's not my genre, but there's a place for it and we want to make it a safe space and, and a place that people can see some of the best in that genres because uh, you know, that's what we should be doing. 
as a festival is to collect not for not for me or not for just one type of person who should be collecting. And that's why, you know, all of our programmers are unique individual people. And you'll see that in their programs where they're building their own little playlist within their sections. And so, and then the festival becomes just like, you know, just such a crazy dichotomy. It's fantastic, man. And thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. And thank you for all the work that you're putting into this. I'm glad that you're getting close to the finish line. I know you're not going to have a, a whole lot of rest for a good month here, but uh, yeah, thank you for doing okay. it. Man. We appreciate it. <laughs> It'll be worth it. Awesome. Cool. Well, well uh, be sure to uh, be sure to connect with me at the festival. I'll say hey to you. Oh, I will. Absolutely. And thank you so much for taking the time to do this, Jason. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to hundreds of beavers. That's top of the list now. So yeah, right do it. You have to even even if I don't if I don't run into you after you see, you have to send me an email or something. And let me know. Oh, what done, you done. I'll actually sweet, I, will, sweet. I will absolutely 100 follow up on on that piece. So <laughs> all right, cool. All Perfect. right, man. Nice meeting. Nice talking to you. Nice meeting you. And- We'll see you at the festival. Take care. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down. Wish me luck. Get me hope.
Bad boys crack.